Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. And today I have with me a very good and new friend of mine. This is Dr. Sanal Bach. And we were just talking about how she has completed in the last 20 years, three PhDs are almost about to get your third, right? And um, so I'm so excited to have her with me today. And we've given a lot of thought about what we wanted to talk about. And we were both so excited when we first met um, and we worked on um, one of her conferences that she had put together in Columbus. And I'll let you talk us a little bit through that. But today we decided we want to talk about stress. And this is something that's on everyone's minds. And so before we get into that, why don't I give you a second to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Excited to be here and talk a little bit about stress. And, you know, it's hard for me to try to toot my own horn sometimes, but I'm told by colleagues and friends that it's okay to do that every once in a while. So Mm -hmm. um, a little bit about me, my academic background, um, my athletic, uh, my bachelor's degree. So I started out with a bachelor's degree. It's in athletic training. Um, It's been a journey for me. Uh, and then my master's degree is in exercise science, exercise physiology. And then I've worked on three PhDs. I'm actually comp- completing the PhD in the process right now. So, But it's, it really has been a journey. So the first PhD I worked on was back in 1995. Um, and it's in exercise science at The Ohio State University. I started there. And then life happened, and so I um, was not able to complete the degree at that time. And then I went on and became a professor, so I worked for a while in academia as, a, as an instructor, and then rank, moved up the ranks into a professor. And then I started working on a second PhD in public health. And during that PhD, I really developed more of a passion for um, the community and health and wellness promotion and started a nonprofit. And so that was around 2006 to about 2012. And then life happened again. I went through a divorce. <laughs> so that um, I put the doctoral work on the back burner again. I um, have two wonderful boys at that time. Um, since then, I now have five children, uh, three with um, my second marriage, and then um, two with my first marriage. But uh, long story short, uh, during that time after the divorce, I decided to put the PhD thing on the back burner, and then more recently, I've started my third PhD, uh, and this is in health service, health sciences, with and uh, concentration in health and wellness promotion. That is, I'm going to stop you because that is such an incredible and vast amount of work that you have done, and I'm sure you have so much knowledge. I know that sometimes women, me myself, can suffer from imposter syndrome, where we, you know, think that we've gotten somewhere by luck or by chance. And so I want to take this moment to tell you, I'm so proud of all the work that you've done, and it's not by either of those. So it I'm sure, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you've had a lot of stress then in your personal journey. And so do you think that that has shaped the way you view, you know, how your tips for dealing with stress? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Um, when we talk about stress, I guess, you know, one of the things or tips I wanted to talk about today or kind of the introduction to this topic was what is stress? Like, how do we define stress? Yeah. Well, yeah. What is stress? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we think about it from an academic standpoint, there's two different types. You read one textbook. It may say there's um, there's distress and then there's eustress. And then the difference between those two distress is um, kind of more of a negative stress, if you will. It's something that there's a trauma that happens or a crisis in our family. 
Um, those are examples of distress and they cause an uneasiness. But then you have positive stressors. Um, maybe a loved one's getting married um, or you have a new, you're expecting a new baby. So those are all positive things, um, but they're still very stressful things. And so stress can be defined very differently. And those are textbook examples, but individuals may define stress very different, def- differently as well. You know, someone may be completely stressed out about an exam that they're having, whereas someone else may feel like that, you know, was really easy and it was not, not stressful at all. So um, stress can be, um, you know, again, classic definitions, te- textbook definitions, but also I think it's important to realize individuals can also identify, you know, stress stressors themselves. So, and it may be different from person to person. That's a really great way to look at it. I've never looked at it in the two different types of stresses, but you're right. Do you think that there is certain environmental situations that can make one person react uh, uh, to stress differently over different periods of their different times in their lives? Oh, absolutely. I think, well, when we talk about stress, even from like a chronological point as we're aging, so, you know, things that may have stressed us out when we were younger, as we continue on our journey, uh, those same stressors, we may view them very differently. And things that we may feel are stressors, uh, even currently in our life, once we may reframe them or we change our perspective about that situation, uh, that individual, that occurrence, you know, again, reframing may help us to kind of look at that stressor a lot different. And so now it's not it's not so much of a stressor anymore. It's mm-hmm. just an occurrence, mm-hmm. you know. So our perspective has changed. The way we look at that incident has changed uh, by reframing. And so now um, maybe it's not so much a stress. Do you think you're a stressed person? Or do you think that that has evolved over time? Yeah, well, and I think that's an awesome question. It kind of segues very nicely <laughs> into my three tips yeah. on, on how to deal with stress. Um, because, yeah, and, I, and I'll just say what the three are just right off the bat. And, and these are by no means um, all in, inclusive. I mean, there's definitely probably a, a thousand different ways, if not a million ways that we can we can deal with and manage our stress. Um, but the, fir- the three things that I have down is number one is communicate uh, slash connect. So one of the ways that I deal with stress is talk, you know. Mm-hmm. I love meeting you as my new friend. Yes, I'm and it's so been, lucky. I know, same, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's great to be able to even like have these conversations, to be able to talk about what is stress, how do we deal with it. Um, and so sometimes if I'm stressed out or I feel isolated or um, lonely, that's one of the things I, I kind of deal with. I'll, I'll call a girlfriend or I'll call a friend. I'll call my husband and say, hey, honey, call my sons, my family, my friends, and just communicate and connect. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent way of dealing with, with stress mm-hmm. um, and improving our wellness. I, I agree with that. I think that when we are stressed, we, well, I'll, I'll just talk about me because you're making me think about me. You know, when I'm, I'm wondering if I'm, I'm a stressful person, I think probably, but I do think when I get in a stressful in situation, I do tend to recoil and not connect. Mm-hmm. I, I want to tend to sit and figure this problem out. Mm-hmm. And it's typically something that can't be figured out or isn't going to be solved by me doing some mathematical equation. So I, I want to take that idea of connecting more maybe to even not to deflect it but just to put it back in its place because sometimes I think um, for many of us our our answer is to try and solve it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. it might not be something that's easily solvable yeah you're absolutely right and and a lot of times like you said I think I love the way you use the mathematical equation you know because I think we we tend to look at stress too in our life as Um, more logical like how can I just figure this out oh I know I can figure this out yeah that's what I do I go right to (laughs) I will answer this I will stay up all night and I will figure it out yeah 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 
Yeah, and that, you know, that in the process in and of itself can be stressful. So in, in trying to figure out or solve an issue that is stressful, the process of belaboring it and thinking and thinking and thinking, that right there creates even more, more stress. stress. And then your husband gets stressed or those around you get more stressed. Yes, exactly. Because you're driving them all. Yeah. So, well, so this is me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, the communication piece can be helpful and actually... Um, you know, two minds think better, or, you know, than one. That kind of like bringing those minds together. That that may be helpful for some people. For some people, you have to be careful. You have to, if you're going to connect or communicate, it has to be with someone. I was really thinking maybe um, a, a doctor or a psychotherapist that you trust. Uh, that that's one option. A friend or family member that's positive, upbeat, that can help you to kind of think about it clear or just relax a little bit or just be able to be a sound board. They don't. They're not really trying to help you answer the problem. They're just there to listen and that's okay they don't have to try to solve the problem but you know we all have maybe someone in our life that will just listen to us and that's that's helpful so Mm -hmm. yeah I wholeheartedly believe in therapy in fact I have been a student of therapy myself since I was in medical school and I became down and depressed and isolated during my medical training years and it's something that I have continued and I find it as a good way for me and a good outlet to discuss work stressors of course I deal with people all the time Mm -hmm. and I love my job but it does leave an emotional burden that other people can't help me solve and I can't solve but it is nice to communicate and connect so I like both of those steps yes awesome great great so that kind of sticks way right again into the next step which is exercise tip number two exercise I love it I love it I do too (laughs) Well, my background is in exercise physiology and exercise science. And, right. you know, I really try to practice what I preach most most weeks. I think uh, now I'm, I'm in my 40s now, but, you know, in my um, 20s and in my 30s, I did a lot more running. Now I just walk and I enjoy walking. I may get a jog in there every now and there, but I really enjoy walking. I enjoy a good, rigorous um, resistance training um, class or um, exercise bout. And it's really helpful and, and, you know, you walk away from those exercise sessions actually thinking clearer. So I the next time you have that, you know, kind of crazy problem and you're trying to figure it out mathematically, I may recommend, hey, how about you just go for a 10-minute walk or a 15-minute walk? And sometimes we can approach those situations, occurrences, problems, uh, the clearer Mind. Mind, yes. I absolutely agree. And I think that that part of our, that prefrontal cortex, that part of our brain that's thinking and solving gets to take a break when we exercise right Mm -hmm. am i right absolutely okay good that's what i always tell people so i'm glad that you affirm that um and i agree i think that we come out clear and i actually think that um while our society sometimes we feel guilty for exercising where we could be doing this paper or we could be doing these emails or or etc I actually think it makes us more productive. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's actually some data. I don't have that data in front of me right now, so I'm hesitant to, to bring up clinical data. But, hey, there is some data to suggest that. And I yeah. think you're right on board with, you know, what we've seen in some of the research out there with regards to exercise actually enhancing the productivity. So, yeah. So that's a good thing. What type of exercise do you recommend, or is it based on fitness level, or does it vary by individual? I 
love that question. I was hoping we could talk a little bit more about exercise. And it doesn't have to be, I think a lot of people think when I'm doing exercise, it needs to be uh, one hour, very rigorous in this specific type. And really, you know, having an exercise science background, what the American College of Sports Medicine has recommended over the years has been a variety of uh, exercise uh, types or modes. The cardiovascular exercise, like walking, jogging, recommended around 20 to 60 minutes. So, and that's a big range, you know, between 20 minutes up to 60 minutes of cardiovascular exercise or cardio cardiorespiratory exercise. And that's things that's going to help increase your heart rate a little bit, like walking or jogging. Those are really great things to do. And if you can get those in most days of the week, you know, I'd recommend that. But if you're just getting started, I think to say to have someone go out and do 60 minutes or even 20 minutes, it might be really tough. Mm-hmm. So I tell a lot of my clients, because I also do some personal training and have a clinical background, I tell them, I say, you know, how about we just start with five or 10 minutes? And if your body will allow it, you can do that on the bike. If your body will allow that, you can do it with walking or on an elliptical. Whatever mode that your body is uh, is allowing you to do that. Um, just move. Just move. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, And then there's resistance training. I have to talk about resistance training. And then the third piece to that is like flexibility or um, st- stretching exercises. But mm-hmm. I'm going to leave that one for another time. But the resistance training, particularly for women, huge. Mm-hmm. It's, it's huge. And mm-hmm. I think that that's something that we've evolved more over the last probably maybe 20 years, 25 years, seeing women exercising with weights a little Mm -hmm. bit more, which has been great. Mm -hmm. So I I strongly recommend that at least one or two days a week. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have no background, I strongly recommend that you talk with an exercise, yeah, a a professional that can get someone on board. I think too, when women come to me and they're frustrated with their body shape, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe their weight, maybe not the exact number, but their shape, I always preach, add some weight-bearing resistance. Uh, because absolutely. if you want to change your physique, I really feel that you have to add the weight-bearing exercises. Right. I think cardio will probably burn what you ate and help you re- lose some weight if you're burning more calories. But I think if you want to change that physique, you really need to add some weight-bearing. And so does that do you agree with that? Well, yeah. I, I think with regards to if you're trying to change your body composition, because now we get into you know your lean tissue versus fat tissue or lean mass versus fat mass and so if for a lot of women you know we want to kind of slim the waist um, slim our hips um, you know develop our arms more and and, a, and you're right you're absolutely right a lot of that does happen with resistance training I do have to throw in this one caveat you can do the resistance training but diet is also going to be super important too so I think you yeah know, and I, yeah, and I fall short right. there sometimes too I love my you know my, my glass of red wine and so I have to kind of monitor that and you know be disciplined about what I'm doing on the nutrition side because that's it all plays hand in hand and it all impacts our our overall health and well-being so but you're right I think resistance training is super important and it can definitely help to not only manage the weight but manage it long term so not that it's just something temporary yeah right by increasing your resting metabolic rate if you have more muscle mass it's also so good for bones bone health yes and I don't know about the effects of resistance training on mental health or um, memory. I'm, I'm sure there might be some data out there, and but I, can, I can't imagine. Yeah, I think yeah. overall because where I, where I um, you know do my clinical or where I work professionally, they we do resistance training. It's, we do personal training, but we also have the clinical background where we're doing muscle treatments and um, doing therapeutic rehabilitation as well. But from a personal training standpoint. I just see the benefit of coming in and, you know, working out 
whether it's 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, just being able to come in and allow your body to kind of regroup, strengthen your body, it really does play hand in hand. It's very hard to strengthen the body without strengthening the mind. Even though, you know, if we think about the data with regards to aerobic exercise increasing oxygen availability and nutrients to the brain, that's going to impact memory. Well, the mm -hmm. fact that you're actually strengthening the body, maybe not as much data to support it, but it's still helping with the mind. It's all connected. It really is. So mm -hmm. there's no kind of getting away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I used to be a, a heavy runner myself. In fact, ran several marathons. I used to call exercise or running my dialysis, right? It was kind of like, this was when I think I was in residency and I must have been in on my rotation, but it was kind of that way of filtering out all the stuff and resetting myself. That's a great analogy. I mean, absolutely. And like you said, you know, kind of circles back to what we just talked about earlier with regards to stress. And when we're dealing with these um, various stressors in our lives. Exercise, I, I really can't say enough about it. It does kind mm -hmm. of reset. It mm -hmm. allows us to kind of reset. So, mm -hmm. Okay, so what's tip number three? Oh, tip number three. This is something that I really started practicing more um, often, probably about three years ago, and it has to do with meditation. We hear the term mindfulness and um, meditation. They're kind of buzzwords right now, or really have been over the last maybe five to 10 years. But um, it, those are definitely things that we can do to deal with stress. Being mindful, and the, and the reason I have mindfulness and meditation, mindfulness for me in my practice is just being aware. Like I could have a really super busy day at work and um, you know maybe I don't have time to take 20 minutes to meditate, but just being mindful. You know, I may sit still in my office and just start to notice my breath. You know, just breathe. Mm -hmm. And just by doing that, it helps me to slow down. Not try to train, change my breath, but just notice my breath, you know? And it kind of goes back to that life force. Why am I here? What am I doing? Who am I? Right. Taking a big step back from the things that stress you out mm -hmm. in a way that's just really simple. Mm -hmm. And Very it's simple. the basics. Yep. 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 So just starting to breathe. Yeah. So focusing on the breath, um, that's one way that I, uh, you know, look at trying to be very mindful and then you know I may notice one object on my desk like right now we're at a desk and I notice there's a blue pen and I just kind of just notice the pen I notice the pen it's blue and then I go back to focus on your breath so it's very simple um, yeah. there's lots of different techniques out there I'm sure people were really interested in um, you know, practicing mindfulness meditation. Oh my gosh, there's like, again, a million and one ways to, to do that. Right. But meditation is something that I started um, probably again, like about three years ago. And I started with this 21 day meditation practice. And it was about 15, maybe 20 minutes a day. And there was a little bit of an intro with talking and um, kind of preparing the body. And then about maybe seven, well, maybe 10 minutes of actual meditation mm -hmm. and it was some soft music in the background so it was very easy it was a guided meditation so it's very easy for me to practice it mm -hmm. and now I can I've, I've kind of evolved into being able to practice you know maybe 20 minutes maybe 30 minutes maybe 45 minutes of just quietly I am blown away to think about finding 20 minutes isn't that crazy <laughs> to think about finding 20 minutes to sit still to me sounds 
frightening. I couldn't even imagine. So this is probably something I need to really implement. Yeah, just in, in sell me on it. Yes, yes. Well, what I would probably recommend too is just maybe five minutes. Okay. Like, um, so say you maybe. Like get I'm up that and, out of shape person who needs to start with five minutes. Well, it, but every second is is beneficial. I okay. mean, just yeah. like you know, I don't know. Do you want to do a little bit right now? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So, so you want to sit? Kind of sit up nice and tall, and okay. yeah, that's great. And you've you're already ready. You want this. Your eyes are already closed. You're mm-hmm. like in anticipation of it. It's like bring it on. Yeah, <laughs> I want this. <laughs> I did wake up with a real a lot on my mind today, and this was this was really actually uh, perfectly timed. All right. Okay. Got my eyes closed. Yeah. And now what do I do? And so now you just you just kind of just settle into that seat where you are, and then you can have eyes are open, eyes are closed. Yours are closed. That's fine. And then, though, now I want you just to kind of notice your breath. You don't have to change your breath. Just notice the breath. Just kind of coming in and coming out. And coming in and coming out. And notice the breath without trying to change it. It might deepen a little bit. It might speed up a little bit. But just notice your breath. That's it. Just a few seconds. It can help ground you, center you, slow things down for just, even for just a few seconds. I feel like I took a little nap. (laughs) (laughs) That's happened before. I mean, I've I've (sighs) meditated, I've laid down to meditate, and the next thing I know, I'm asleep. I'm asleep. You know what? In this fast, crazy world that we live in, live in, it's it is nice to learn and have some of these techniques because stress is inevitable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing we can do to prevent it because, as you mentioned, there's good stress as well as bad stress, and uh, the coping mechanisms, the things that we have in our back pocket, are going to keep us from that stress causing more physical and mental issues and keeping us more resilient and balanced. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so any other little tips you have in your back pocket for stress? Um, I, you know, I really encourage individuals to connect. You know, I go over to three things again. I, the first one I said was communicate with others or connect. Um, and I think that's really important because sometimes we do feel isolated. And so um, the ability to communicate and or connect is important and then the exercise was second and then the third was the mindfulness and meditation mindfulness meditation so that helps bring us back to the breath which kind of slows things down for us and help us to focus yeah so that was excellent i really loved i i loved kind of hearing your take on these things i'm so inspired by your background and creating your own nonprofit um, that's really thriving. You've really encouraged and motivated and are supporting so many of the women in where we live, which is Columbus, Ohio. You're doing so many incredible and wonderful things for the community outreach in bettering yourself and in bettering others. Um, I'm just so amazed at everything that you have, have done. I'm glad that we got brought together. Me too. So that is all for today. Thank you so much. If you have any questions for us, please find a way to contact me. You can check me out on Instagram, Facebook, um, wherever else I am, Twitter, and um, and uh, let me know. That's all for today. Uh, thanks so much for having me. You're Ooh. welcome. Have all a right. A virtual high five. Yeah. <laughs>
All right. See ya.